Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, and joining me today, a very special guest. Uh, she is a Duke graduate, an NCAA All-American, uh, member of the, now a member of the ISL. We'll get to that in a bit. Um, she's got lots of swim stories that I'm very excited to hear. Uh, please welcome Alyssa Marsh. Hello, thanks for having me. First things first, uh, we had to reschedule this. We had to push it back an hour and a half because you were a virtual audience member on Dr. Phil. Tell, tell me all about it. Yes, that was, okay, honestly, I found it on an Instagram ad or something last night. And because <laughs> we are in hurricane season here and I'm in New Orleans, um, and so we had a potential hurricane warning, Hurricane Sally's rolling through. We ended up being fine, but we did get school canceled today. So I was like, what am I going to do tomorrow? Like, I have nothing to do. It might be raining all day. So I was just browsing, you know, Instagram, and I saw an ad pop up for virtual audience members for daytime talk shows. And I'm like, yes, that sounds like me. And so I just, like, applied. I'm like, there's no way they're going to read this application and, like, let me on the show. And they did. And it was Really, it was fun. Long day. If you have a lot of extra time, it's fun to do. But if you don't, then it's kind of a lot. But um, yeah, it was it was an experience for sure. So why was it? Were you only on Doctor Phil, or were you on like several different talk shows? Why? What made it a long day? It was just Doctor Phil, but it was like a a couple of different episodes slash different segments of many episodes. Okay. Um, so we did like full two like full episodes and then at the end he did this long extra interview with this guy for an episode that was previous and that one just was long and boring honestly but um, <laughs> there was like one of them was super cool and I was like really into it and then um, but I'm, I'm excited like I'll be on TV <laughs> like and you know it's funny I've never seen Dr. Phil <laughs> I've never seen it before today. And I was like, wow, this is what it is. So just something to do, an experience. Definitely. I've never seen Dr. Phil either. Uh, I guess that probably dates us a little bit. Um, so, but <clears throat> like, was it on a Zoom call like this or like, you know, a similar thing to this? Like what, mm -hmm. do you actually have to do anything? Like what went into being a virtual audience member? Yeah, so it was kind of like Zoom-ish, um, it, I forget what platform they use, but like, I think it's a brand new thing for just like this virtual world. Mm -hmm. And basically like you can see your picture in the, uh, whatever I had to have like a no, I had like to wear a solid color and like have a white background. But um, basically like on the screens on stage, you're like plastered on there. So I could see myself like the whole time. Um, like through, and I'm, it looks like I'm watching the show, but I can also see myself in the background and I have to like do just like be active, like be an active audience member, which honestly was sort of exhausting, but it was fun. Um, and like definitely something different. So I didn't have to do that much, but I had to look at myself, which kind of was a lot. <laughs> 
Gotcha. Interesting. Well, uh, yeah, sounds like an experience. Yeah. Um, so, so let's, let's get into, uh, let's get into swimming and, and, uh, are you sure? (laughs) Right. So, um, you, you are the daughter of 2016, uh, Olympic women's head coach, David Marsh. And, uh, I heard, um, I heard Mel, I think talking to someone who is involved with swim Mac, um, recently and he's you know he said he'd had a conversation with david i don't know 10 15 years ago and he's he was talking about you and he, he was like oh yeah like Alyssa only swims like three times a week um and so you know with with your dad <clears throat> i'm sure a lot of kids can relate to growing up with their parent as a swim coach um you grew up with your parent as a swim coach how did that kind of shape your view of swimming uh growing up Yes. So I like, yes, I, my dad's a swim coach. My mom is also a swim coach and an ex-collegiate swimmer. And I think both of their experience combined really, um, like they, they had a lot of, ex- they, they knew a lot about the swimming world, especially in the eighties and like kind of that sort of toxic environment of just overtraining and a lot of people that burn out, like my mom ended up having injury at Cal and, had to drop it after two years. And my, you know, my dad was a part of the culture and coaching like growing up and he was like, yeah, I mean, I don't want my kid to have to go through that. So what they did was sort of protect me in a way. Um, It definitely like set me up for a lot of great stuff and a lot of, I had to catch up when it came to like aerobic base in some ways and I'm still catching up to this day. But um, I basically started off doing lots of different sports. I ended up kind of focusing on gymnastics and swimming um, until I was 13 when I made juniors. And I was like, oh, I dropped like six six seconds maybe. I think six or seven seconds in the 100 fly. And an age group me when I, well, yeah, when I was 13 and I was like, oh, I'm pretty bad at gymnastics. I guess I'm pretty good at swimming. So that's when I kind of made that shift, which I think is a good age anyway to, you know, start focusing on one thing that you're passionate about rather than like really doing it all. Um, But yeah, they just, they wanted to make sure that I was well balanced, well-rounded as a person and an athlete and making sure that I loved swimming still. And they've never like forced me to do it. My, both my siblings, my sister swam in high school and she had a really good time, but didn't do it in college. My brother honestly doesn't love the water. (laughs) He said he'd rather like, you know, run a half marathon and swim a 53 and I'm like that's fair but um, <laughs> yeah just a lot of balance is is key yeah and so how did you um you know you, like we said you you didn't you know just grind it out in the pool um when you were younger what and after after you dropped gymnastics after you decided to just focus on swimming what what else did you balance that out with I would just say like focusing on school, but honestly, at that point, my club team wasn't one of those clubs where you do, you know, six mornings a week and six afternoons a week. It was like, I had maybe one morning practice and even then my mom was like, you don't have to go. And I'm like, mom, I'm going to go. Like, (laughs) I'm not going to just be that one kid that does a good morning practice. But um, I think what balanced it out was 
my just having so many good relationships in swimming and my friends there and like loving that side of it and at that point I was driven determined I have goals so like um but I don't know I did see a lot of my friends like grind when they were younger some of them turned out awesome doing super well right now some of them didn't and I just don't know what category I would have fit in um another way I think it helped me was when I was making that transition I wasn't in the highest group for my age I wasn't like in the gold group versus the silver group I wasn't in the senior one group versus senior two we had this one group in mac and sumac that was like um i forgot what it was called but it was basically all the best high school swimmers from north and south um it was everyone who basically had juniors and olympic trials and i was the only olympic trial person not invited and my dad ran the ran the group and it was just because they wanted to make sure that i wasn't putting um too much I don't even know. Like, honestly, that's a good question for my dad because it worked out, but like, I'm not even sure why. <laughs> I, I would, that was my question. Like, huh, you, you, you fit the criteria. And again, if, you're, if your dad was the coach, then I get, yeah. you know, but <laughs> it was like a lot because I think I, I think I sucked at training, honestly. I think that was it. Like, I'm, I was a pretty good 100 flyer at that time, mm-hmm. but that's about it. Like, I could not hold any anything in a you know an aerobic free practice and a 4am practice and that's like what a lot of it was focused on because obviously we're still young we're still high schoolers we need to do that kind of training um so just sticking with some people that were a little more my level in training i think was good for me um also not being coached by my dad full time ever really was um had benefits also i think a lot of people think that i have always swam for my dad and like I've always been in his group, but I've only really swam for him in the summers. Um, and it's been like such a blessing. I wish I could have had more time to do that um, throughout my career, but it never really, really panned out. Um, but I think it's good that I didn't do that too, too young. Yeah. So in, in, in that group that you did not end up in, did you feel pretty comfortable? What was, what was your coach there like? Um, I mean, did you, yeah. I mean, did you kind of, I don't know how you felt about not being in your dad's group, but yeah, yeah, I think, I think you said it ended up being a pretty good thing. I was okay. Like I, I mean, there were still incredible swimmers in senior one versus the other group. Um, My coach was Pam Swander for so many years. She now coaches at South Carolina. um, And I still like keep in contact with her to this day. She's great. Um, So anyway, I had a really good relationship with my coach, which I think helped a lot. And was still being super pushed by my teammates around me. Like not, this is like me saying there's a bigger group was like, not to say that senior one was not like elite, like they were freaking good. And um, just like growing with them, I think was better for me than being in the back of the pack. I think there's like, you know, there's probably more than two types of swimmers, but there's kind of those swimmers that thrive when they're chasing. And there's those swimmers that thrive when they're not, when they're like, you know, leading. And I'm kind of more of a, in the leading category, I think, um, than in the chasing, but I don't know. It depends, I guess. Yeah. So, so you end up, uh, swimming for Duke and attending Duke, you know, which academically, um, also a very good school, a, a great swim school. And so I'm curious just what, what, what drew you there? Um, was it, was it, pretty much just to swim or did you have 
other goals in mind? Did you have other interests you knew you wanted to pursue there as well? Yes. So I, um, like growing up in a big swimming family, like growing up in Auburn, um, and then North Carolina, like I had always thought I was going to go to a really big swimming school and like that was going to be my path and I was going to be a national champion on a, you know, swimming team and that was going to be it. And I was, but when I started touring schools, I wasn't that interested in academics, honestly. Like I was, did fine in high school, nothing great. Didn't try super hard. Um, but I, I <laughs> as like a lot of us, you know, because, you know, as a, as a higher level high school swimmer you're like I'm gonna go to college you know it's not like I'm not gonna go I'll be okay anyway I toured Stanford one day and that was like a junior day and that was like eye-opening because that was the first time a school really bragged about how awesome their academics are and how cool school is and I was like whoa I didn't know it was like that fun and so that kind of sparked my interest in like the more academic side of looking at colleges which is sounds really really bad but like that's just how it went for me um and I, I think that's fairly relatable for especially for a lot of athletes you know yeah. I think I think if you're a high school athlete and you're really into it that kind of that's kind of first in your mind yes so I yeah so like I toured a bunch of awesome like athletic and academic schools um and I ended up just picking Duke for like a logical reasons I was like well with all the schools I have as options, what would like a normal person who doesn't do athletics like pick? And then I was like, probably do. So I loved it. It's it shocked me. My mom almost, I mean, sorry, Dan, but like my mom like made me go on the trip. Like she, she made me go on the, the Duke trip almost. She was like, listen, it's such a good school. You have to try it. I'm like, okay, fine. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I was just shocked at how cool the team was, how awesome the staff was. Um, I didn't expect it because it doesn't have super flashy, um, like a, like a great pool. It's fine. It does the job. doesn't have like crazy big locker rooms. Um, but it's more about the culture and the team and the Duke environment that makes it what it is and draws people to it. Yeah. And so tell me a little bit about that Duke environment. How did it affect you? during your time there I know you know you were there for four years it's a big question but you know what what do you think you gained from being in that environment um I love being a leader on a team honestly like I and that was something that I appreciated getting to jump right in was that I think two classes before me was the first ever women's um funded class and so I was the third class of scholarships um, for the women's team. And that was like a really exciting thing for me. I was like, I want to be in a team that's on the rise. I don't want to be in a team that's just staying, you know, afloat at like whatever place they're at. Um, and so many teams, you know, can do that from like a middle place. But I thought it'd be really fun to go from like zero to 100. And that's what we did. And I think like over my four years I saw so much like growth in the team and I was always able to be like on those relays and um, contribute a lot when it comes to mentality and in the pool and in the weight room and I just really liked mentoring and helping my fellow teammates and like learning a lot from them in other walks of life like I 
a lot of people like on my team thought I had the swimming thing like all the way down, like whatever. I didn't, but like, you know, that sometimes just be the thought. Mm-hmm. I don't have other parts of my life down, like academic school, like a lot of people really just thrive in those areas. And it was just so fun to like give and take learning from different people um, and just getting so much better as we were doing it. My first year was the first time we ever beat UNC in history of Duke. And we were, we did it four years in a row, the women's team um, while I was there. And that was like, it took a lot. Like they got so good as well near the end. And like, they're still just thriving and growing. Um, and I'm so excited for their team also, but that was a really fun um, challenge every year was to like maintain that dual meet. Um, along with just getting better at the end of the year, which of course this wouldn't happen, but um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure, NCAAs didn't happen this year, but I think uh, it is safe to say you got better. You got better at the end of this year. Uh, you mentioned that UNC Duke relay, and uh, you this this year, your senior year, you split twenty two zero and fifty fly at that meet in the Darren Medley Relay, and then you did it again at the ACC Champs to help Duke to a fourth-place finish in that relay. Um, I think that turned some heads pretty quickly, uh, and it was certainly awesome to see as a spectator. Um, but, it, it, I mean, you, you know, you talked about kind of bringing a program to the uh, – uh, going to a program on the rise, and it seems like that's exactly – what what Duke was while you were there and what you helped Duke to achieve while you were there because every year just looking at your results you were getting better and better and better and then kind of you know you talked about being a leader on the team as that happened Duke was just getting better and better and better and I don't remember what they were seated going into NCAAs this year but I I think it's safe to say it was their highest seating in team history Heading into NCAA? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so so it was it was you know it seemed like you you had a really good fit um, in the pool. Outside of the pool, um, let's let's dive a little deeper into how you grew. Um, you know, just in the classroom in your life. I know two summers ago you did a summer abroad in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. it Um, wasn't like the full summer but yeah okay um but yeah you know just it seemed it Mm -hmm. seemed like you grew in the pool tell me about outside the pool um what what you what you gained at duke yes and this like i mean so much love for the pool but like so much love for out of the pool because that's the part that i mean both of it really carries through throughout throughout the rest of your life but like that's the part i didn't have yet like that's the part i needed a lot of growth in um, so my first semester was a train wreck. I did really bad in my classes, like just wasn't ready for college. Um, and like, I would have done bad anywhere, honestly, cause I just didn't know how to study. I didn't know how to write, whatever, but I didn't let that discourage me. I knew I had a lot of, a lot left. I knew if I just like worked harder and got the flow of it, it would. So all you rising freshmen out there, it's, you know, it's, it's a tough semester. And if you're doing well, just props to you but I had just so much academic growth I what what I learned was like I learned to love to learn 
And that was like, that was the best part of my academic experience is that I loved picking out classes and going and learning um, about all these like weird detailed. I love taking um, arts classes and music classes at Duke. Um, my favorite, I think one of my favorite classes was this class just on Motown music and um, the sixties and just like that kind of stuff. And it was, um, it was just so engaging. And I feel like I know so much about that topic now, just from a college class. It's something you don't get in high school. And that was just seeing that side of academics was really thrilling to me. Um, and then yes, my going into my junior year, I was in a bit of like a mental rut in swimming and I wasn't really sure what was going on, especially long course. Um, I definitely struggled a bit long course in the middle of my career. And I was like, you know what? I just really feel like I need to do this. It's an amazing opportunity that Duke and Stanford offer to student athletes to go on a three and a half week abroad program and it's service oriented. So I applied, thankfully got into Vietnam and served kids in a summer camp for sports and education. I did baseball and English. Baseball, I mean, you know, <laughs> hand-eye coordination's not quite there, but that was like definitely the um, easiest, I'm quoting, sport to do versus volleyball, basketball, and soccer when it came to like knowing how to do technique and stuff for little kids. But that was something that really inspired me. I loved, loved, loved the classroom. I loved teaching English. And that was something that I didn't think I was going to really like that much um, until I got in there. And so seeing myself thrive in a classroom with kids um, is the reason why I am where I am now um, in New Orleans teaching. And yeah, and so that was like an amazing summer. I actually got back from that trip, had one week, and then went to nationals. <laughs> And I only swam 50s <laughs> and it was the best to meet ever. <laughs> Didn't do great, but like, it was just, um, it was, it was fun. Yeah. It was a fun summer. Needed it, needed some balance at that point in my life. Um, and I got it. That's, that's so cool. And I, hopefully, uh, my, my personal hope for all swimmers is that this, this quarantine, you know, this, this force break has shown people that it's okay to take some time out of the pool and you can still get back in mm -hmm. and, and, and be okay. And, you know, it seems like you did that for yourself. You took that time. I'm guessing you didn't swim those three and a half weeks. No, I, and like barely even worked out because we were really, really high. Like they said we had a gym and stuff and I could have woken up at five every day to go to the gym before the camp, but I was like, maybe sometimes, but um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't swim. Yeah. Which is, which is, which is so cool. And, and, you know, like you said, your parents were, uh, were masters or, you know, very, very well knowledge about that, that swim culture um, that can be very toxic at times of just grinding and just, you, you know, you can't take a day off, which certainly can be true sometimes, but I think, uh, overall, you know, if you need a break, give yourself a break. And, yeah. Uh, and it's going to also to be clear at that point, they were like, what are you doing? Like, this is a big qualifying summer. Like you're missing out on all this training that you could be qualifying for what wugs and stuff like that. And I'm like, and looking back, it's like, I could have just swam and swam and tried my best and maybe made it, maybe not. But 
overall, like I wouldn't have changed that experience, even if like it did turn out to be a great swimming summer for me. I don't think it would have been um, regardless of like what option I chose, but yeah, I, I think it's really important. Um, and I don't want to like step over any coach's toes, but like, like this seems to be a discussion that you have with your coach and your parents and whatever, but I think it's important to be aware of like your mental state in swimming um, and knowing when it's time to just like take a, a small step back. It can be a week. It can be two weeks. It can just like, just go breathe, take some time. I think that's important for swimmers, especially if you're in a rut and not loving it as much as you normally do. Um, just being aware of that for yourself. I think that is so cool. <laughs> Um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that philosophy. Um, but that's, that's really cool to hear your experience in that regard. And then to go to nationals and swim a bunch of fifties. I mean, come on. Yeah. Still one B final. fifty plus. <laughs> <laughs> that's, which is awesome. I mean, yeah. So super cool. Um, you, you finished up your time at Duke and then, uh, and, you know, like you said, that trip kind of inspired you to, to go to teaching. Um, so kind of, uh, you had, you had ACC champs NCs gets canceled. Um, take me, take me through kind of your process of, of what went on after that. Were you pretty sure you were going to keep swimming? Um, were you pretty sure of what you wanted to do, you know, after you had graduated? Um, what, what, what was the last few months like? Yeah. Um, I'll like backtrack a bit to like the fall, the fall, I was like applying to a bunch of jobs because that's what everyone does at Duke. It's like if you're a senior, just applying to job school or even though it doesn't like you don't have to like it's just like the culture and it's a, that's also another topic. But I was like, well, might as well just practice like applying and you know interviewing places. And so I applied to Teach for America. I was super interested in it. My friend is Maddie Hess, who swam with me at Duke, is in New York doing it and then my friend actually who was in my vietnam trip as well applied and got in before i applied and he was the my co-athlete of the year at duke and he's a fencer and him like being so pumped for this opportunity made me be like oh my gosh actually yeah this does seem like something i actually want to really pursue so i got accepted to teach for america i think in like february or so Maybe, no, I think it was like January. And so I, I knew that I was going to be doing that um, early on. And so I had like this set thing. I was like, you know, I'm just going to swim through, focus, do my best at the end of the year. And then I'm going to go back home, train for trials, do that, shoot my shot. And then, you know, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then I wasn't planning on swimming this year, basically. Um, Cause I was going to be, I am teaching full-time, which is a hard thing to do while being a professional athlete. But uh, when, the pand- when the pandemic hit and we were a couple of days out from leaving for NCAAs, um, that was like, that I was in a state of for swimming where I was swimming so well, but I, I was in a funk still. I was still in a little bit, like I was confident in my athletic ability, but I wasn't like loving it necessarily. And that's something that I know so many swimmers go through and it's hard to talk about because it's like, even if you're doing well and you have this whole team looking up to you, um, you still can be in a mental bunk, which is where it was. 
Gotcha. Immediately when it got canceled and I was going home, my mindset and like motivation just like bam turned on right after and I was like and I was still gonna swim fast in NCAAs I was gonna be my best meet of my life I am confident of but just like having that drive back was actually such a cool feeling um and the pandemic what I think benefited my swimming more than most things could have which is really odd um especially just for my mental state so got to swim at home all summer moved here have a great training opportunity here as well but yeah so that's that was my pandemic story <laughs> that's a good one and again a, a pretty unique perspective um that's i that's really cool that you say that that uh you can be swimming well swimming you know like i said you're swimming best times like you said, from the best of your life and still kind of mentally not all about it. And that's, that's okay. Yeah. And it wasn't all because of swimming as well. That was like, it was just my, I was like, I was kind of in just like a funk. Um, but yeah. So that's just, it's possible to be like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so we're at, at the present, um, you're in new Orleans teaching for full-time for Teach for America. Mm -hmm. um, you said you have a, a swimming opportunity there. So you, are you training there currently? Yes. So it is like, it gets a bit shaky with the hurricanes because the pool's closed down, even if it's a beautiful day like today. But um, I moved into, first of all, I moved into an apartment that has a pool and like, it's not great, but like I have a lap lane that is super wavy and sometimes the pool's a little murky but like one lap lane like it's like one that has like the two walls on either side so the waves are just like <laughs> <laughs> like crashing so you can't really do much but that's my backup backup okay but then i have my like when we moved here i was like looking at club teams um and stuff because i knew that my other other swimming opportunity tulane which is awesome um was taking a bit to like pick up with a pandemic. I knew I needed to get back, like keep up my training. So I am so generously off, like able to swim with New Wave Swimming here in New Orleans. Um, they swim at the University of New Orleans pool. And that's been like super fun to kind of get back into a high school group and, you know, do that, do those practices. The um, coach, Coach Ross is like awesome. He has, helped me out so much in these past couple of weeks. Um, I also have like a membership at that pool. So if I ever just need like an hour to swim by myself, I can do that. And then I have Tulane. Um, so I'm a volunteer assistant coach at Tulane, which gives me the opportunity to swim with them um, in currently just the mornings and dry land because their afternoon practices are during my school hours. But um, I'm still on that 6 a.m. grind, which is a blast but I am honestly like so grateful for it so it actually is a blast it's crazy <laughs> so are, and does that mean you're actually coaching as well um I mean I help like I'm in the water so as a you um as swimmers know like you can coach each other and so I think that's what I do if I'm doing much but I think my job right now when I'm there when I get the opportunity to go is to just like push the girls around me help help them get better and I think that's like the best thing I can offer at this point. Yeah, nice. 
That yeah. sounds like a full schedule. It is. Yay. Uh, and so, and on top of everything, uh, you are, you are one of the newest <laughs> members of the LA Current uh, in the ISL. And mm-hmm. I know we talked about this right before we started. It's a little uncertain how that's going to work with your teaching, but what, yep. what, what are you thinking so far? Where are you at with how are you going to balance that, you know, four to six week long ISL season, possibly longer, um, that starts mid-October with this full-time teaching? Mm-hmm. So I was like definitely nervous initially when they all reached out to me and I wasn't sure even like what grade I was teaching and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, this is, this is such a cool opportunity and I really want to take advantage of it if I can. So they know what's going on with my life, but basically as of now, I'm an online teacher here. Um, I live in a city, so it's a little bit harder to get like in-person school started during the pandemic. And I also work at a high school. So um, the high schoolers have last, like they're the last ones to get into school um, versus other grades, basically. The hours in Budapest compared to the U.S. are actually perfect for school time. I would be working from 3 to 10 p.m. um, on the weekdays, and all of L.A. Kearns meets are on the weekends. And I was like, oh, I don't even have to be in school. So it's still going to be really hard and challenging and, like, um, you know, definitely – difficult, but it's like, it's a month. It's well a little more than a month, but like I can, I can do it, you know? So that's where I'm at with that. Um, it's possible. We're not like a hundred, hundred percent, but I'm really excited to, um, to go to Budapest, swim, race, miss racing. I miss racing. It is like my favorite part of swimming and it's hard not doing that right now. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to like prioritize my kids, prioritize my teaching job, but also get to race and experience that ISL team environment. Yeah. So, so to wrap this conversation up, I guess, moving forward just a little bit, you mentioned once NCAAs was canceled, your motivation kind of flipped back on and that switch was, was turned on for you. Um, how are you feeling right now, motivation wise? And, and what do you, what are you wanting to get out of swimming? I know you mentioned, you know, really excited about getting back to racing with ISL um, what do you see for your future swimming or do you even see anything for your future swimming beyond this ISL season or just kind of focusing on that right now? Mm-hmm. I would say I'm taking it step by step, day by day. Um, some days are better than others when it comes to like getting myself to have a good workout. Um, when I'm, that's why I love getting the opportunities to swim with the high school team and the college team because um, they like I look, you know, it's hard swimming by yourself. It's hard when you jump in a pool, don't really have a necessarily like a plan and just expect yourself to just work really hard. It's difficult. So whenever I'm with the team, it's awesome. Um, I don't have a problem really with lifting. I love lifting. I love um, dry land. So that's like easy for me to do with my gym in my apartment. Um, I'm still holding on also to trials in the summer that's definitely something I really want to work hard towards and do my best at um I had like a really fast 
50 free at the ACC like long course time trial. And that was definitely the last, that was my last race. And that was like, that was the big, like, oh my gosh, I, I can do this. Like, this is good. Like I'm, I'm really fast. Cause I feel like that's something that I have also struggled with over the years is being around such amazing swimmers on Team Elite um, and them pushing me and like inspiring me, but also putting me in my place being like, you know, like this is what it takes to be um, elite and Olympic level. Um, and that's something I sometimes couldn't see myself as, but now I do. So that is where I'm at with that. <laughs> Well, Alyssa, thank you so much for, for sharing some insight about balancing swim life, for sharing some of your swim stories, some of your teaching stories, and uh, giving us your perspective. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.